were primarily designed to fast. You know, we didn't walk out of the cave and have access to food. We walked out of the cave and we looked around. We didn't have food and we had to go hunt and forage for food. Hey there, welcome to the Biohacker Babes podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Renee, a certified nutritional consultant with a master's degree in nutrition. What's up? And I'm Lauren, functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner and Czech movement specialist. We're sisters and we're joining forces to empower you to become your own biohacker and upgrade your life. Our mission is to provide actionable steps so you can optimize your health, strengthen your intuition, and support your body's natural healing abilities. Because life is too short to not feel your best every single day. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Welcome to the Biohacker Babes podcast. This is episode 173. Oh, wow. I did that all backwards than I used to. This is Lauren <laughs> tuning in from Maryland. Hi, Renee. Hello. Hello, how's it going? Oh, I'm good. I just oh, words are flowing because this is maybe our most anticipated podcast of the year. Oh yeah, I'm like energized and excited for this episode to come out. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I know. High energy, high mood, high motivation, which is ironic because we are both on day 26 of our cycle. Yes, we are aligned like that, and we don't in live in the same cycle. house. And we don't live in the same house across the country. So naturally not a time when those things would be elevated, but you know what? You bring on a guest like our guest today and it's just like too much fun to be had. Ooh, Dr. Minnie Pels. Some call her the godmother of biohacking. She is just really paving the way for women's health specifically uh, through the practice of fasting. She is on a mission to reverse chronic disease, and she's just giving women so many practical tools and practices to reverse chronic disease, help symptoms, help weight loss, feel better. Like she is just such a powerhouse of information. She's also just like such a light and a joy to talk to. And we're just so happy to bring her to you today. Yes. If you have not been following her, you will after today because she is. I mean, she's so active on all different social media platforms, but just always putting her female voice out there to, like you said, help women. I mean, it's a really exciting to be a woman, exciting time to be a woman because there's so much that we can do to take our health back into our own hands and get rid of these nagging symptoms and increase our health span, our longevity, our energy, our mood, our sleep, so many things we can do. And she's really mm -hmm. leading the way and opening the conversation. I'm so grateful for all that she does. Yeah. And if you are timid, shy, scared of fasting, this is the episode for you. I think she will potentially uh, dampen some of your fears around that. And she just, again, wealth of resources and really is doing this in a smart and intelligent way. And she's going to explain that and how it kind of differs through the different ages of the female lifespan. So if you are cycling all the way up through menopause, so there is something for everyone in here, including men who can support your women through the cycle and beyond. So yes. Dr. Minnie Pels, anything else you want to say? I will just say that we know that fasting is good for men and women. So yes, men, you need to listen as well. She talks about the benefits of fasting, just that women have to do it a little bit differently. That's all. Awesome. Yeah. So Dr. Minnie Pels is a best-selling author, keynote speaker, nutrition and functional health expert who has spent over two decades helping thousands of people successfully reclaim their health. She is a recognized leader in the alternative health field and a pioneer in the fasting movement, teaching the principles of a fasting lifestyle, diet variation, detox, 
hormones, and more. Her popular YouTube channel, which just celebrated 24 million lifetime views, wow, regularly updates followers on the latest science-backed tools and techniques to help them reset their health. She hosts one of the leading science podcasts, The Resetter Podcast, and is the author of three best-selling books. Her celebrity clients include Danica Patrick, Leanne Rimes, Kat Graham, and influencer Jesse Eichler. Her new book, Fast Like a Girl, which is a go-to fasting manual created specifically to address women's needs based on their hormones and menstrual cycle, will be released this December 27th. We are so excited to get our hands on this book, and I'm sure you will be too after this episode. Of course, it's a very nuanced conversation, fasting, hormones, the eating cycle. So we anticipate your questions and comments. And Dr. Mindy is really helping to open this dialogue. So please follow her on her channel. She's especially active on YouTube and she's always at our conferences. So you could join us and hear her speak in person, meet her. She is just so, so lovely. So I will just say, I know you're going to enjoy this podcast. Let's get to it. Welcome, Dr. Mindy, to the Biohacker Babes. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, I'm happy to be here. Excited to have this conversation. Ah, we are too. too. We couldn't be more excited. (laughs) Renee and I both had the pleasure of interviewing you on a fasting panel at Biohacking Congress. You guys were great, by the way. You're good interviewers. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. But today you get the spotlight. So as female biohackers, we're just really excited to put you in the hot seat without all the men. Yeah, (laughs) right? Nothing against the men, but this yeah. is a special day. Yeah. Well, and you know what? To, to that point, I do believe, like, I love that you that you even say you're a female biohacker because a lot of what my message to women is that we have to do everything different from cold plunges to fasting. So the fact that we say I'm a female biohacker is a really important point that can't be missed. So mm-hmm. I love that you said it that way. Yes. So, so we do have some men in the audience, which I think is awesome to kind of complete the circle. It's like men, we can yeah. support our women and women here are the tools. Yes. So we're talking about fasting today, which ancestrally is a total normal practice. But you know, you bring it up to a lot of clients and they go, oh no, I couldn't possibly do that. <laughs> it's like meditation. I'm not good at that. But yeah. you believe that everyone can and should fast. And yes. also that it's not a diet. It's a healing opportunity. And we're just like so obsessed with that. So yes. So kind of talked about women. Why is fasting so powerful, especially for women? Yeah, it, and it's it's a loaded question, but the, I think let's start with why is fasting so important for everybody? Yeah. And the big piece of that is that we have to remember that primarily how we were designed. And it, it, what's interesting on this is if you look at every biohack we're bringing back now, it has some kind of roots in our primal design, down to cold plunges, weighted blankets. I, there's a whole theory on that. But fasting, we were primarily designed to fast. You know, we didn't walk out of the cave and have access to food. We walked out of the cave. And we looked around, we didn't have food, and we had to go hunt and forage for food. So we needed an alternative fuel source to be able to give us sustenance so that we could be able to go hunt food, gather food, and bring it back. And then when we brought it back, we feasted. So this is our genetic design. And now in this modern world, we don't have to go hunt for food. We go through 10 steps to the refrigerator or the pantry, we open up the the refrigerator, we have access to food. We can stay on our couch and with our phone, we can have our favorite meal delivered to our front door and we didn't have to do anything. 
And it's even if you have an organic grass-fed meal delivered to your front door, you're still out of primal congruency with your body. So why fasting works is it puts you back into that primal state where your body thrives. Now, for women, one of the big imbalances that we're seeing hormonally right now is that when we become insulin resistant, our sex hormones fall apart. So any form of insulin resistance is going to affect estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone negatively. So fasting, and especially fasting like a girl, the way that I've been teaching it is helping women become insulin sensitive again so that these three sex hormones can come back into balance. So there's, it's almost like the primal conversation works really well for both men and women. And now we need to move to the insulin conversation and talk about why every woman on the planet needs to get insulin sensitive so that these hormones can work. Hmm. I love that you bring up the ancestral component because I, I love looking at that. Like if, if humans did it for a hundred thousand years, why aren't we doing it today? So I love right. that you bring that up. So looking at our ancestors. So if the men were typically maybe the ones that were out hunting for us and the women were at home more, is that why men can maybe fast for just Three days, no problem. And women, we have to be a little more conscious. Do you think there's a connection there? It, it's a, it's an interesting. I've thought about that before because the men traditionally, and even in some cultures today, they do this where the men go out and the women stay closer and, and do a little bit, the gathering of the plants and the, for the eat and the men went and hunted the animals. So intuitively, did they know that? I mean, it's very, very possible. I mean, if we look at these three hormones, estrogen and testosterone in a woman could easily go hunt with the man and and would do well without food, but progesterone needs glucose to be a little bit higher. So progesterone doesn't do as well. So maybe intuitively they understood that it was in their hormonal best interest to stay behind. I mean, it it, it gets, and then it gets a little sexist, right? Then it gets a little (laughs) bit like, Hmm, you know, as a feminist woman, I'm like, it's very traditional, but there is something hormonal there that is a little bit accurate. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I kind of think it's special. It's like confirming the differences in hormones throughout the yeah. month. So maybe like mid cycle, you're like, yeah, I'm going to go hunt with the boys. And then you're like, you know what? Not a good time for me. I want to go you know, that's actually, low. <laughs> yeah. It's, and, and actually that's a really interesting point. And um, Renee, I think it was the panel that I was on with you where uh, uh, Thomas, it was Thomas Daylauer and Dr. Pompa, Harry, and Ben. Ben Benazadi. Ben Azadi. Yeah. And we were talking about cycling fasting. And it was in that conversation that I realized that how lucky we were that we had a menstrual cycle and hormones to think about to time our fast to. And, um, that men had to, didn't have that. And so they had to create something different. So I was listening to all these men talk about how they cycled fasting. And I, all of a sudden had immense gratitude for myself that, wow, pretty cool. I have a hormonal menstrual cycle. I can just time it to to that. That's really neat. They have to figure it out a different way. So to your point, Lauren, I'm thinking, yeah, how cool we, at certain times of the month, maybe they did go out and hunt. And then they came at certain times of the month, they didn't. I mean, that would be something to, to research on. Yeah. I mean, it really is our superpower. We have a calendar yeah. in front of us to follow. That's right. 
It's pretty awesome. But but how many women don't understand their calendar? I mean, I've been in so many conversations yep. where women don't understand their hormones. That has yep. to stop. We have to help women understand when these hormones are coming in and out and how to live a life accordingly. Yeah. Renee yeah. and I always like to say, you should enter a room and be like, hi, my name is Lauren. I am day 23 of my cycle. Yes. <laughs> yes. Day 26. I have, I, I have a total dream of that, of like, even you would go to work and like the first time, like I got the clue app about five years ago, it had an option of who do you want to share it with? And I was like, well, I should probably share it with my staff. I should share it with my husband. People should know my hormones because then they'll understand my behaviors. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. My husband can already tell what day I'm on based yeah. off of my mood. I bet. <laughs> He's I bet, very right? in tune. Yeah. yeah. And I just started using the new natural cycles app, oh. um, which combines with your aura ring data. Okay. I'm only one weekend. I've been using uh, the glow app for probably 10 years, but the new natural cycles app, I think it's just one more app for women. And now that it's syncing with your HRV and your heart rate and your body temperature, yeah. it's super cool. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Um, check it out. Yeah. So I guess, so speaking of cycling women, maybe we can start off with that. Um, I know I've heard you say when hormones go low, we do want to fast. Yeah. Yeah. So the easiest, so here's the first thing for every woman to do. If you have not Googled the menstrual cycle and know when the hormones go high and when hormones go low, that's your entry point in. You got to understand that you don't, aren't like this all day long. You know, it's not like you, all month long. You have moments where estrogen's high and then she dips. And then you have moments where testosterone comes up and then testosterone dips and progesterone comes up, which is why in a 30 day cycle, we're like, I'm happy. I'm sad. I'm energized. I don't feel like going out that's how you are normally meant to be. So the first thing I want to free all women is to understand your, your hormone cycle. Now, when hormones come in high, so like estrogen peaks and testosterone peaks during ovulation. So that's day 10 to day 15 of our cycle, somewhere in that five-day window, you're going to release an egg. And when those hormones are high, you don't want to be in a three-day water fast. You don't even really want to be in anything bigger than a 24-hour fast, and you definitely don't want to be in autophagy. You don't want to stimulate autophagy, and I can explain why in a moment, and you don't want to be in keto. So because you get a little bit of progesterone, and anytime progesterone shows up, she, she wants glucose higher. She does not thrive with ketosis. So one of the new modifications I've made and is in the book is ovulation, day 10 to day 15, hormones are high. Keto diet goes low, fast go low. The second time is the week before your period. What we're noticing is that progesterone, you actually naturally become more insulin resistant. The body is so brilliant that it makes you more insulin resistant the week before your period because it needs glucose to be higher. That Your body gives you carb cravings the week before your period because it needs insulin to be higher. You do not want keto. You do not want fasting. And the other piece to that, since we're talking about all biohacks here, is that if cortisol is high the week before your period, progesterone goes, will, will, I always say when cortisol is high, progesterone gets shy. It, progesterone will dip. So if you look at a cycle, when these hormones are high, all these extreme behaviors, all the cold plunging, all the extreme working out, the extreme fasting, the extreme keto, it all needs to get mellowed out. 
And in the dips, we can go into the extreme. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I've heard you say cortisol is the bully on the playground. Yeah. So that yeah. final week, so you really want to do everything you can to minimize the high cortisol, anything extra stressful, extra workouts. That's right. Focus on sleep. Okay. Yeah. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So, and, and it's like, know what tool to pull out when, but you've got to figure out where your hormones are at first. Yeah. Yeah. I think that end of cycle is always so fascinating because so many women feel shame, guilt. They feel bad. I have cravings. I'm hungrier, bad, 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 bad. So what are like some lifestyle or maybe like some psychological approaches that we can employ to make women just feel better in their bodies and not go into that spiral? Well, the first thing is that if we understand there's going to be ebbs and flows to everything, hunger, sleep, moods, um, energy levels, if we just understand that, that you are not meant to consistently stay in a high performing state all and in a joyful state all month long, there's going to be these ebbs and flows. I feel like that alone is giving women, relieving them of guilt and shame. Um, Mm -hmm. the week before your period, the gift I'd like women to understand is you crave carbs for a reason. The bot, the progesterone needs more glucose. Now that doesn't give you free reign to go sit on the couch and eat a tub of ice cream and a box of pizza. That means, this is why I call it hormone feasting. That means we need to lean into more of our root vegetables, like our sweet potatoes and our squashes and even some tropical fruits, like a banana. A lot of, you know, where did the banana go? It's like the banana and the mango, once keto came around, everybody's like, no, fruit. Bad list. Yeah. Right? (laughs) I remember one time sitting with a friend at somewhere and she looked after we had been doing keto for many years. She said to me, do you, are you scared of eating fruit? And I was like, a little bit. And she goes, yeah, me too. And I thought about that conversation a lot. And I was like, we don't need to be scared of fruit. Like fruit has a lot of benefits to it. So I think the the week before the cycle, what I want women to know is you're, you're naturally more hungry. When you can't fast, it's 10 o'clock in the morning and you wanted to do a 24-hour fast that day and you just are struggling. It's there's a reason for it. And your body needs you to bring glucose up. But to the cortisol comment, if you don't feel like going out to a social engagement, you can't push through your workout and it's the week before your period, you're not biologically designed to. So give yourself permission. Too many women are pushing through these moments and that's where the hormonal destruction is happening. Yeah. Yeah. Really great point. Yeah. I forgot what I was going to ask. I know you have a question, Lauren. I'll let you go. Oh yeah, a million. Which one? <laughs> I know. Which one do I start with? So I would love to get into the different types of fasting and the timing, but just staying on this monthly conversation. So we move into day one of the bleed. Can you talk to us about what's happening with the hormones and can we start fasting here? Yeah, no, this is a this is really good because I feel like this is where we have to start. Is for starters, track your cycle. If you're not tracking your cycle, time. Like I have so many 45-year-old women that are tracking their cycle for the first time. It's really fascinating, but we should be teaching the 13, 15 year olds to track your cycle. So from day one to day 10 is when estrogen is building. So estrogen really does well when insulin is low. So a perfect example of the opposite of this is PCOS, the number one hormonal condition that's happening to women. It's an insulin resistant issue. And so it's throwing estrogen and testosterone off. So those first 10 days, lean into more keto, lean into the longer fasts, 
you're going to shine. You can lean into your cardio, push your workouts. You can do all the extreme cold plunging great to do at that time. Push into all of that because estrogen will shine as will testosterone and there's no progesterone showing up. Then about day 10 to 15 or 11 to 15 is when we're ovulating. And in the new book, I call this the manifestation phase. Because I'm like, if you want to manifest a baby, you can. If you want to manifest a job, you can. If you have a conflict you need to work out, that is your go time. Because estrogen's at her peak. You've got the most amount of testosterone. Testosterone's at your at its peak. And progesterone's a little bit at its peak. Or not at its peak, but it's coming in. So in that five-day period, if you take note, you will feel mentally clear. You will feel limitless. Your energy will be good. Your libido will be good. Your motivation's high, but you're a little bit calm because progesterone is there. It is literally, I and I once I figured this out, was in my perimenopausal years, and I was like, God, I wish I knew that at 25. <laughs> but if you look, like during that time period, you are a badass. You can do it like you can go do harder. You could take use all that testosterone to like build muscle. So it's really cool that period. Um, but we do because the hormones are high, we keep fast around 15 hours. And I really encourage, uh, I don't think keto should be done then. I think women should be focused more on supporting the liver, supporting the gut. Um, I think meats are really good during that time. So that's what 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 I recommend in the, that period. Then when you come out of that window, day 16 till about day 20, 19, 20, the hormones are low again. You can go back into your extreme behaviors, all your biohacking, all your fasts, all your keto. And then about day 19, day 20, everything has to shift. You have to step out of fasting, step out of keto, no pushing your workouts, take a little more nurture. I call it in the new book, I call it the nurture phase. It truly is the time we need to nurture ourselves. We need to really slow down and be more in a state of acceptance and letting go and flow. You know, a lot of the conversation I think we don't have as women is that when we bleed, when we start on day one, it's a form of detox. It's a shedding. You're letting stuff go. So that week before, if we go back to the primal conversation, that week before is a time for us to not just nurture ourselves, but ask ourselves what we're ready to let go of when we go into d- day one again, because there's a natural shedding that can happen. So it's mm-hmm. it's complex, but when you break it down, I mean, so many women say, this makes sense. That's how I feel. Yeah. You explain so, it so well. Yeah. yeah thank you. So thank largely you. like two phases throughout the month where you can really lean into fasting and that's, that's not just right. inter- your basic intermittent or circadian fasting, yeah. like two where yeah. you can really lean in. Yeah. Hey, biohackers, did you know the use of silver actually has a long history and has been used by many ancient civilizations as a means to not only maintain health, but to preserve food and beverages? Before the mainstream discovery and acceptance of antibiotics in the early 1900s, silver was used in hospitals and is actually still used today. Silver has generally gotten a really bad reputation. Maybe you've heard the scary claims from the blue man that took too much silver. Well, quantity and especially quality really matter here. So most silver supplementation on the market is ionic silver, and it is unsafe for the body if used in high quantities. This is why we really love silver soul technology. It's not ionic, and it's a true colloidal silver, which is a nanoparticle coated by a silver oxide. 
What you really need to remember is that it's more effective, more efficient at lower parts per million. Silver Soul technology is 10 to 33 parts per million, where other companies have up to 3,000 parts per million. The takeaway? More is not better. Yeah, and Silver Biotics actually has a range of products, but we especially love their immune-specific line. The Silver Soul technology has a natural way of targeting invaders without the side effects. This uses multiple modes of action on how it actually targets invaders, and it uses the natural elements to kind of trick the body, so to speak, and then it kickstarts the immune system. Yes, I love these natural defenses. So it actually came to the rescue to me the other day. I was feeling a little run down and at the end of my luteal phase. So for my ladies, that is when we are the most vulnerable. So I took a few doses and a day later, I was feeling pretty brand new. I was just so grateful that I had this stuff on hand. And guess what? I'm still not blue. I can confirm that she is not blue. <laughs> and either am I. And I've had a similar experience. It really kind of saved the day for me. And on top of the immune line, we have some other products from them that we love their skincare, like their healing skin cream, the anti aging facial serum, and then their oral care. The whitening toothpaste is amazing. I call myself a toothpaste snob. I have tried all the natural ones. And usually when they're really clean toothpaste, they don't work well, but this one is incredible. You know what? I think my teeth are turning blue. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> That's what the whitening toothpaste is for. No. Actually, I love the toothpaste too. We get sent a lot of different brands of toothpaste to try. And I have to say, I'm never usually a fan, but this one is a clear winner in my book. I'm definitely going to continue it. And to wrap things up, they also have the wound care product and they have pet care products for all the animal lovers out there like Lauren and I. Meow. <laughs> Surprised you didn't woof. Woof. <laughs> so if you want to check out the products from Silver Biotics, you can head over to silverbiotics.com and make sure you use discount code biohackerbabes at checkout to save some money. We will put the link to their website and the discount code in the show notes for today's episode. All right, let's get back to the show. I call them in, in the book, I call them the power phases because you can power up on them. And the power phases are day one to day 10 of your cycle and day 16 to day 19. Go for it. Do your do your three day water fast. Then it'll be effortless. Like uh, so many women tell me, I could never do a three day water fast. I tried it one time; it was horrible. And I'll say, When did you do it? And they're like, I don't know, maybe the week before my period. I'm like, Yeah, that was, I couldn't. <laughs> I'm do sure that. it was miserable. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it was miserable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you mentioned PCOS. Would someone with PCOS follow the same trajectory of fasting yeah. and everything? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I actually have it. I have a dream for the book when the book comes out that two major problems for the younger woman, PCOS and infertility. I have something in the book called the fasting cycle where I show when it's appropriate to do different lengths fast according to your cycle. And I have put several of my patients through the fasting cycle and they're getting pregnant. Many of the women that have been infertile forever, all of a sudden start get pregnant, start getting pregnant and the symptoms of PCOS disappear. So I can't wait for the book to get into the public's hands because I feel like uh, now we're going to see in a really big sample size how this works. But uh, it's so far we've, it's been incredible as you walk women through what I just explained, symptoms of PCOS and fertility. Well, obviously the, the byproduct of not being infertile is being pregnant, getting pregnant, that tends to, or the opposite of that tends to happen. 
Mm, yeah. Amazing. So rather than going, you know, way downstream supplements, medication, all these things we're reaching yeah. for, it's like, oh, we just have the tool yeah. right here. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and, that, and to that point, I really, again, I want to point out that we go for the obscure first. Like, why do we go for the obscure first when we should get foundationally eating and fasting for our cycle? Let's start there. Then exercise is a whole nother conversation. How do we exercise for our cycle? Where do we know when we need to say no to social engagements? We can look at that with our cycle. It's bringing women back into rhythm with our natural hormones that's going to stop these hormonal imbalances like PCOS and infertility. It's not going to come in a magic pill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well said. I will say when I, I was trying to get pregnant many years ago, I, it was right when the Bulletproof diet was huge. 16-8 fasting was coming out, the butter coffee, and I'm doing that. And my girlfriend, who was a nutritionist at the time, she's like, what are you doing to your hormones? I was like, well, but Dave Asprey says that this is what we should all be doing, you know? Um, So that was like my first eye-opening to like, oh, women, we're different. We have to be respectful of what's going on throughout the month. And then I, you know, tapered off and learned over the years, but. You know, on that point, and and no, no, I always say like, this is not about bashing men, but if you stop and you look at the influencers in the world, they're all men, older men. And, you know, I, I mean, I don't know what I can say on your podcast, but I, I would never weigh in on anything to do with an erection because I don't know what it's like to have an erection. I could tell you maybe hormonally what's going on, but I don't know what it feels like to have an erection. So to me, yeah. the reverse is happening where you have a lot of men, especially in the biohacking world, giving advice that's not appropriate for women. And then sometimes they step in and they try to give hormonal advice. And I'm like, you don't know what it's like to bleed. You don't know what it's like to be in menopause. You can look at the theories on it. But let me tell you, after living in a menopausal body for the last 10, 15 years, it's a lot of like experimenting with these different things to find your natural rhythm with your hormones. So Mm. this is why I love what you all are doing. This is why I love conversations like this. It is not man bashing. It's just we can take the information and and use ourselves as n of one and experience it. And then we can report it back to other women and say, well, hey, this is what worked. This is what didn't work. Yeah. Right. Thank you, man. But stay in your lane. (laughs) (laughs) Right? You don't know what cramps feel like. You just don't don't know. know. Just like, I don't know what it feels like to get hit in the balls. Like I watched my son go through that. It looks pretty damn painful, but I have (laughs) no idea what that looks, what that feels like. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So different stages of the female lifespan, menopause, cycling women, perimenopause, weird time in between. How do we approach fasting? I guess just for those three major categories. Uh, Yeah. So cycling women, it's actually fairly straightforward. This is why I I, I wrote the book and it's pretty much everything I just said. You know, the power phases, you can fast away, uh, manifestation where you're ovulating, bring your fast down a little bit. And, And let me explain why I say in ovulation, 15 hours is the most that I'm recommending. Um, and let me tell you why what we're seeing in a lot of women is that when hormones go high toxins come out. So all of a sudden there's like a toxic dump that happens when we have these huge hormonal increases. Uh, and we'll, and I'll explain more of that when I get to the perimenopausal woman, cause she experiences that a lot. So I found if you pair autophagy, which is a form of detox, which happens at 17 hours of fasting or longer 
with that ovulation period that some women get extreme detox reactions. So I recommend keep your fast around 15 hours during that time so we don't create this this detox with fasting. So I I wanna make sure that that's clear. Um, And then the week before your period, no fasting. And we can talk about like there are some exceptions to that, but in general, that that's how we go, how we do it. So um, is there ever yeah. a time that you would want to keep it at like 12 to 14? Like what's like the minimum for a cycling woman? Well, if you're brand new, yeah, if you're brand new to fasting, you know, definitely you would start it at 12 and sort of work yourself up. Um, the, the exception like, so are you, let's use you guys as examples. Do you fast? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. What's, your, what's the longest fast? What are you the most comfortable with? 18 to 20. Perfect. I'm like 16. I'm like, I mean, I can do, I can do 12 to 14, like no brainer. Right. Don't even think about it, but 16, I can think about it and do okay. But I definitely, I admit I struggle with more than 16. I did prolon and it was hard. It was hard. Well, that's working on it. Yeah. Prolon's that's a whole hard. other thing. That's a whole other thing. I think prolon's a lot harder than a water fast. So, oh, okay. Um, yeah. But, um, okay. So let's use, I'll use you both as an example. So with Lauren, what I heard is 18 hours, easy peasy. So when she gets into that week before her period, she would be one of those exceptions where I would say, if you want to come down to like 13 hours of fasting, that feels natural for you. You're not raising cortisol. So it's going to, that will be okay. Just make sure when you eat that you're not trying to stay in ketosis. You need to bring your glucose up. But if 13, 12, 13 hours feels comfortable, it's always felt comfortable. You probably will be okay doing that the week before your period. Renee, for you, you know, whatever that comfort level is, if 12 is effortless, you probably also could do that the week before your period. But it's the woman who um, is either trying to do a longer fast or is new to fasting that really needs, you know, no longer fast that week. And the woman who's new to fasting needs to step out of fasting during that week. Otherwise, she's raising cortisol. Mm -hmm. Is is that helpful? Yeah, Yeah. 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 That makes a lot of sense. Hey, biohackers, I am pretty darn excited to introduce you to donotage.org. They are a health research organization based in the UK and on a mission to extend healthy lifespan for as many people as possible. Do Not Age has an elite advisory board, including leading longevity research scientists. They are the only company that can guarantee the purity of their products to your door anywhere in the world. Some of their most popular ingredients include their 400 milligrams of fisetin, a potent senolytic which removes senescent cells and increases lifespan. And if you've been listening to the Biohacker Babes, you know all about senolytics. They also have hydrolyzed collagen peptides, which promote healthy skin, hair, and nail health, and a high-purity NMN. NMN has been shown to reverse aging, and it gives really big energy increases, as it is one of the main precursors of NAD+, an essential enzyme for various critical cell functions, including metabolism, DNA repair, cell growth, and survival. It is a hot topic on the market today, and we want those NAD levels to go up. Do Not Age also provides a flagship product called CERT6 Activator, a powerful ingredient tested to verify activation of sirtuin 6, similar to what is seen in centenarians. I certainly want to be one of those. (laughs) We, the Biohacker Babes, have been taking the CERT6 and NMN for the past couple of months, and I have to say, I am feeling a slight edge of increased energy and recovery just from taking this alone. 
Very soon I will be retesting my levels to confirm what I am feeling. I have a hunch the results are going to look pretty good. If you want to start extending your health span today by purchasing some of these fantastic ingredients, head over to donotage.org. That is hard to forget that website, do donotage.org. You can use the code BIOHACKERBABES, all capitals, BIOHACKERBABES, for a discount on your order. If you would like to learn more, follow Do Not Age on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or you can email hello at donotage.org for all the information you desire. All right, anti-agers and biohackers, let's get back to the show. Yeah, so maybe we can jump into more perimenopause. Oh, yeah. Okay. We've been getting a lot of questions about this. Yeah. Perimenopause is the hardest one to explain. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) let me let me do my best here. So starting at 40, here's what the perimenopausal women need to know. Starting at 40, your ovaries go into retirement and it's about a 10 to 15 minute, 10 to 15 year retirement. So what's going to happen is over the next decade, your estrogen in the beginning is going to go up and then down and then up and then down. Whereas before she was much more rhythmic within a month, she may be rhythmic up and down within a day. And we'll talk about that in a moment. Progesterone is just going to decline. And testosterone actually should doesn't have to decline, but it does because of certain reasons. And we can talk about that. So because of that, what a perimenopausal woman really needs to know is to get to know the personalities of these hormones because estrogen and and the other thing that a perimenopausal woman has is she has sometimes a 30 day cycle. Sometimes she has a 60 day cycle. Some days she has a two week cycle. Some days she's so happy. The other days she's going to murder somebody and some days she's crying and some days um, she thinks the, that she's unstoppable. Like it is the most wild ride of your life. And let me tell you, I'm 53. I've just been through 13 years of it. I feel very clear that it's that it has more ups and downs than any other time of your life. So you, wow. if you have a regular cycle, you can do it exactly the way I just explained it. There's really nothing else for me to say. I have that in the book. It's called the fasting cycle. I show you exactly how to do it. So I don't, I don't need to repeat that. If you have a 60-day cycle or a 90-day cycle, which is really common, then you're really going to need to get to know the personalities. And the major personality that you want to get to know is progesterone. And this is the way it looks for a woman who's good at fasting during those perimenopausal years is that you're going along, you're like, I'm going to do a 17 hour fast today. I'm, you know, I don't know where I am in my cycle, but I I just want to fast. And you're doing that for three days. And then all of a sudden one morning you wake up and you're like, I'm famished. Oh my God, I'm so hungry. That's progesterone knocking at you saying, I need some juice. Give me some glucose so that I can make become, can show up for you. So we look at hunger levels. We look at spotting. So at 47, a lot of what I did is I would spot, start spotting, and my period wouldn't come for a week later. But I might have been on day 59 because my cycles were elongating. So I used spotting. When spotting showed up, I did more carbs. I stepped out of fasting. So we have to like hair falling out. I had thin hair, not sleeping. 
These are all signs your body needs more progesterone. And if you don't have a cycle to time it to, then you're going to need to read those signals and make sure that you're doing less fasting and more and less keto during the, when those signals show up. So I don't mm. know if that's helpful, but that's the most difficult time for women is that time. Yeah, and that it, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Any advice on timing of carbs over a 24 hour cycle, like more in the evening versus morning? Oh, yeah. That's a great question, right? Yeah. I mean, it all depends on what you're trying to do. If you're trying to lose weight, I'd have them earlier in the day. There's a lot of belief that even protein, that our bodies are more insulin sensitive in the morning. I I like to follow the rhythm of melatonin. So when, when it goes dark, melatonin's high. You don't want to be, you don't want to eat a big meal. So you would not want your carbs to be high then. In the morning, melatonin, you know, it starts to, is still high when you first get up. So you don't want to be eating within the first couple of hours of waking. So mm. somewhere between two hours after you eat, eat, you wake up to two hours before you go to bed, make sure your carbs are in those, mo- in those moments. Mm. It goes against so much popular advice. Breakfast is the most important meal. You have to eat within 30. Yeah. And, and women are like, I'm so confused. <laughs> like, right. Well, yeah. and so this is, I hear that all the time. I'm so confused. And this is exactly why I wrote Fast Like a Girl, because it's confusing because breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Eat all day to speed up your metabolism. These have become mainstream in our culture, but they are to the point we had earlier. These aren't in accordance with our hormones. These are not, this isn't how our hormones play. So if we use our hormones as our guiding light, we can never go wrong. Mm-hmm. And, the, and right by now. the way, I think you guys know this, that do you know that breakfast is the most important meal of the day was a slogan created by Kellogg's to promote uh, their cornflakes no. back in the seventies. Yep. Oh, yes. I did not. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Dr. Kellogg, right? Wasn't yeah, he a doctor? And, yeah, and oh, and there's a whole theory on that. Like he was, you know, he, there was a whole theory on Dr. Kellogg. But you know, the fact that we people say, "But isn't breakfast is the most pr- important meal of the day?" I have literally, I spend hours on PubMed looking at research, and I got to tell you, I've never could find that. Now, mm. I am seeing that we may be more insulin sensitive earlier in the day. So, you know, if we look at fasting as time-restricted eating, you're compressing your eating window, you get to choose where you're going to put that eating window. And you're going to have to play with maybe that eating window is better earlier in the day. Maybe your eating window is 10 in the morning to 3 in the afternoon if you do like a five-hour eating window. So it doesn't always have to be skip breakfast when you when you fast. It can be also the move your eating a window around to suit your your best uh, body's interest. Yeah, that's really helpful because I hear that a lot. People are like, "Oh, I'm supposed to intermittent fast, or you know, I'm gonna do yeah. OMAD and I'm eating all my calories at 9 p.m." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's really true. It's it um, that it's just got to be personalized to you. And yeah. it's it, it much easier for me to say, do it this way, not that way. But as women, this is why we have easy. to have these conversations because it's unique to you. Yeah. Yeah. We have to be biohackers at, yes. at the end of the day. We have to That's do the right. N of one experimentation. Hey, biohackers. If you are anything like me, I am always looking for ways to improve the quality of my sleep and to find a way to be more resilient to stress. I know a lot of people also struggle with feeling irritable or anxious or maybe insomnia, muscle cramps, twitches, even constipation. And guess what? These are all signs and symptoms of magnesium deficiency. 
These are just a few of the most common ones, but it's crazy because four out of five Americans are actually magnesium deficient, and almost everyone is at suboptimal levels. And that's a big problem because magnesium is involved in more than 600 biochemical reactions in the body. Now, here's what most people don't know. Taking just any magnesium supplement off the shelf won't solve your problem because most of those supplements, unfortunately, use the cheapest kinds that your body can't use and can't absorb. That is why Lauren and I specifically use Magnesium Breakthrough. It's the only full-spectrum magnesium supplement with seven unique forms of magnesium that your body can actually use and absorb. So when you get all seven critical forms of magnesium, pretty much every function in your body gets upgraded. Think your brain, your sleep, pain and inflammation, less stress. And the best part, the makers of Magnesium Breakthrough, our friends Bioptimizers, are having an incredible Black Friday special. This is going to run from November 21st to November 28th, and you can get not only Magnesium Breakthrough, but all of the Bioptimizers products for 25% off. This is truly the best time to stock up on these products because they only do this discount once a year. So if you head over to buyoptimizers.com slash biohackerbabes and enter code biohackerbabes10, you'll get 25% off of everything. And these supplements are truly amazing. And if for some reason you don't love them, that's okay. You can get a full refund. No questions asked. They are so confident in this that they actually offer a 365-day money-back guarantee. That's just so incredible in the supplement industry to see. And if you're listening to this after Black Friday, no worries. Our listeners always get a 10% off anything with code biohackerbabes10. So don't worry. Either way, head over to bioptimizers.com slash biohackerbabes. I will put that link in the show notes for today's episode. So definitely scroll down, check that out. And let's get back to the show. About the breakfast thing, something that really stuck with me with Thomas DeLauer that he had said at Biohacking Congress was, and I'm curious your opinion on this, he said, you're better off having a real breakfast, like four or 500 calories, or just skipping breakfast altogether, either one is better than doing like a 150 calorie breakfast. What are your for thoughts? Wh- for what reason though? Do you remember what he, wh- I can't remember what he said that. I think it was that if you do just a, if you break your overnight fast with a really small breakfast, it oh, actually it. can damage your metabolism versus yeah. continuing, continuing the fast till lunchtime, or again, sitting down and eating a full big meal. Here's how I look at it is that if you take the 24 hour period, you have a window, an eating window, you decide when you open that eating window up. So if you get up in the morning and you're like, well, I'm just going to have a little light breakfast. You've opened your eating window up. So you are no longer fasting. So you might as well have a full breakfast because you've opened your eating window up and stop your hunger, have more protein, use that so that you're not snacking all day long. You're just, just eat a breakfast because the window's now open and then ask yourself when you're going to close it. Mm, that was a great yeah, answer. I would assume that. there's yeah. like a glucose component because you start yeah. releasing insulin and then you're like, well, an hour later I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah. So right. the, the way, the way I like to look at it is that we have two energy systems, one that comes from the foods we eat and the other comes from the fat we burn when we are fasting. So if once you eat, you've elevated your blood sugar and you're operating from the sugar burner energy system. Once blood sugar comes down, when it stays low for eight hours or longer, your body starts to switch over into the fat burning system. So if I get up and I eat breakfast, I've now, I'm now in sugar burner. My window's open. It's going to take me at least, doesn't matter what I eat at that breakfast, 
it's going to take me at least eight hours to start to switch over to fat burning. So mm-hmm. it's, I like to think of it a lot more as it's when am I opening my eating window and when am I shutting it down? Yeah. Well said. Well said. That, yeah. That yeah. clarifies everything. Yeah. And yeah. we have control over that. So can, can we, we get into yeah. like, um, at what point do we start? You said fat burning eight hours, but autophagy, like microbiome reset. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, it's funny that my editor on the book, she and I went back and forth about like, when do you go into the fasted state? What is the fasted state? So I throw eight hours out there just to say that many people, especially expert fasters are already switching over into fat burning at eight hours. And I've seen this with a lot of the people I coach that they're, they're just always, because they're so fat adapted now, their body's always wanting to switch over when the blood sugar goes down. So that eight hour eating window, um, or fat went after eight hours, you start to switch over into this fasted state, but the majority of people won't start making ketones till about 12 hours. It takes that four hour period with the blood sugar being low enough that ketones will start to show up. And so 12, 13 hours, you're now in ketosis, about 15 hours, we start to see growth hormone come in. So it starts slowing aging down. It starts burning fat. Somewhere in that range, we're seeing inflammation come down. Your body's making ketones. So it goes up into the brain. It kills the hunger hormone. It's starting to repair neurons in your brain. So there's a lot of healing that's happening even at 13 to 15 hours in this fasted state. About 17 hours, we start to see autophagy kick in where the cells are like, hey, you know what? We don't have a lot of glucose coming in. We better get stronger. We better repair ourselves. So the the body looks within and it starts to repair those cells. And sometimes that intelligence says, hey, this is a really dysfunctional cell. I'm going to go ahead and get rid of it. And we call that apoptosis, where the body just gets rid of it, creates cellular death. That's a beautiful thing. Because if that was a cancer cell, if that was an aging old senescent cell, the body's going to get rid of it around 17, 18 hours. Then around 24 hours, the gut's like, okay, we haven't had food in a while. So I I have an opportunity now to make some stem cells to repair the gut. This is probably why all those, those O-matters, you know, the one meal a day people out there, there's so many people that are like, I love eating one meal a day because they're getting massive gut repair. If they're doing, you know, over and over again, they're getting these stem cells that start to repair the gut. 36 hours is for those people that are really struggling to lose weight. It sometimes takes 36 hours to get people over into a place where the body's forced to go find the glucose it stored years ago. So I call that the fat burning reset. At 48 hours, your whole dopamine system reboots and you actually get new dopamine receptors that get created. So for mental health, I love the 48-hour fast. Throw that in to make sure that you're making sure that you're keeping joy at at its highest. And then Walter Longo taught us that at 72 hours, the whole immune system reboots itself. So those, those are the six fasts that I like to see women use on a, on a fairly regular basis, which is why it's important to understand where you would time that according to your cycle. Mm, amazing. And what are your thoughts on including anything during those fasts, like minerals, electrolytes, 
Maybe yeah. aminos. aminos. Can we do any of those in there? Yeah, I, for sure. Minerals, for sure. That's why I'm such okay. a fan of, of Element. Like, I think that's, Ooh, yeah. it, it'll make it so much easier for your fast. The new mm-hmm. one that I'm adding in is aminos. Um, and especially for women, because we need aminos to make hormones. Um, the, the million dollar question with the aminos is, will it pull you out of autophagy? Um, and I've talked mm-hmm. to a lot of experts and nobody can agree. <laughs> nobody, <laughs> nobody knows. Um, okay. I, ironically, I did find a recent article that I'm pretty excited about that showed that we have a higher amino requirement the week before our period that because our body uses it for, for, um, for making progesterone. So, um, if you are doing a longer fast, let's say on day like 16 of your cycle, then I would really throw in some aminos because otherwise when you go into that back, you know, the week before your period, you may be amino deficient. So I would throw it in there. Um, that's an extreme nuance though. Um, the way I would look at it, but aminos, yeah, I would throw aminos in. Um, there's also great research on fasted snack that it's, uh, if you just do a fat bomb, you're still not pulling yourself out of a fasted state as long as you're as long as your blood sugar is not spiking. So I'm a fan of like keto cups is a big go-to for me in the fasted window. Sometimes I'll grab some raw nut butter. I'll do a half of an avocado if I'm trying to fast a little longer, but then it, you always have to measure it on your blood sugar. So those are kind of the mm. only things, but you could do mineral water. You could do tea. You could do clean coffee. All of those seem to work well in the fasting window. Great. Very cool. So for women that struggle with fasting, say they're new to it and they're really trying to kind of push that level of discomfort, would you, I guess, are you finding that the ones that are having more trouble are a little more dehydrated or amino deficient? Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah, they could be amino deficient. They, they could be mineral deficient. They could be eating the wrong foods at the wrong times of their cycle. So there's, there's a lot of variables. So it really kind of depends on what, what type of symptom you're getting. But I would say most of us could expect that we're mineral and amino deficient because Mm -hmm. of the way our foods are ground and the soils. And if you're a vegetarian, you're definitely amino deficient and you're going to need to add in some aminos. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I am seeing a lot of that. I mean, minerals, what happened that I saw was because we see so many women fast. I mean, people in general, we literally in a, in one week on my YouTube, I have a team of four people that answers those questions because we get anywhere from 20,000 to a hundred thousand comments and stories like a week on my YouTube. So we are like seeing what's working and what's not working. And I will tell you that the world is mineral deficient because Mm. of how bad our soils are. So Mm. adding in some element in your water while you fast will, will help you so much. And now I would say we're seeing a lot of amino acid deficiency. So adding that in, I would say, add it in, make fasting effortless for yourself. Great tips. Um, Are you a fan of measuring ketones? Blood? Yeah. Urine, breath? Definitely not breath. I don't, I haven't found that to be a good one. Um, okay. I think that, uh, the, yeah, I, you know, I heard recently, I don't know if you guys have heard this, that there supposedly somebody's coming out with a monitor that's going to be both ketone and blood sugar. That would, would be incredible. Yeah. That would be yes. amazing. And I heard yeah. cortisol too. Oh, really? Coming. I don't okay, know if well, it'll be all in one, but if they could do, I dream of a day. I'm not going to be the person to invent this, but I dream of a day that the CGM has the sex hormones too. It would have 
ketones, blood sugar, cortisol would be amazing and sex hormones. That would be incredible. So I don't know why, wouldn't that be great? You could just scan your arm and be like, oh, okay. I got a lot of estrogen today. Okay. This is what I'm, I need to do. Wouldn't that be amazing? amazing? It has to be coming down the road. It's (laughs) got to be here in the next 10 years. I hope hope so. So to your point, I love CGMs to help people understand what food is doing for their, for them. Like, for example, I was a big cauliflower chip fan until I measured it on my CGM. (laughs) Cauliflower chips raise my blood sugar a lot higher than a regular chip with the right oils. And I'm like, why would I eat that then? I'm just going to get a a sweet potato chip with coconut oil. I'm not going to get a cauliflower chip. So it's great for that. Ketones. It's uh, really good for, uh, you know, CGMs don't give you ketones. So you're going to have to get yourself a separate reader for ketones. And that's what I typically do is get people to get both, but we still don't have a perfect system around that. Right. It's kind of sad. So do you think it's important to test the ketones rather than just looking at the CGM and understanding that glucose and ketones are inversely related? You need both. Yeah. Yeah. You need both. I think once you test everything, you know, you know, you start, do you guys know when you go into ketosis? Like I can feel it. I wouldn't say that I'm there. I mean, Lauren Lauren has I'm been there. doing a CGM for like two years. She's like my CGM guru. I feel like you feel things faster than I do. Uh, no? She's like, it's, oh, a pra- <laughs> it's a practice getting there. Yeah. Yeah. I think that um, I really feel like I can, it, for me, it's like you can feel the switch. It's like, like right now is a great example. It's almost 11 o'clock and I'm thinking, huh, okay, I'm going to go work out. I don't really want to work out in a, in a, in a fed state. I just don't do, I work out best in a fasted state, but I'm starting to get a little hungry. So my brain, I've learned to say ketones are coming, hang in there. The ketones will come and then they're going to make us, once the ketones show up, remember hunger goes away. So eventually, I mean, within probably within a half an hour from now, I'll start, the hunger will go away. So you can read your symptoms a little bit to be able to see, but for the most part, you're going to need both the keto, like I like keto mojo. mojo. Yeah. Keto mojo. Mm -hmm. And then like a CGM, you're going to need both of those. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. So menopause and fasting. Yeah. Is this free reign? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what I used to say? That women can fast like a man during menopause. But I think that what we want to, I want to say it a little differently. I, um, women who are in full on menopause, which is a year after, you know, you haven't had a cycle full on menopause, you can fast all you want. It will be very easy for you, but you need to make sure that you have at least one to two days a week that you're minding progesterone. So you want to step out of fasting and you want to step out of keto. So I recommend for menopausal women, like a five, one, one, five days a week, fast, you know, intermittent fasting with keto is great. One day a week, elongate your fast, like go 24 hours. That's fine. You can go keto. You can go carnivore that night if you want. And then one day a week, no fasting, lots of root vegetables, bring your blood sugar up. And now you've balanced all three hormones. In the new book, Mm -hmm. I have a 30-day reset, and it'll take women through a 30-day cycle. And um, cycling women will start the reset on the day of their cycle, but menopausal women can do the 30-day reset, and it'll it'll make sure that she gets all the different hormones, addresses all of them. Mm. Ooh, can't wait for this book. Yeah, no. (laughs) So I tried to create something, and and I'll let you all know because this is now becoming public too. We've also created an app that will go with the book. 
so that you can say, I'm on day 10. And then it'll track your moods. It'll track your, your flow, your energy. And then it'll tell you on that day, based off of your behavior around your cycle, what you need to eat, how long your fast can be. We're even looking at supplementation. We're, we've already got biohacks and, and exercise time to it as well. So that will be out with the book. That's so amazing. Cool. Yeah. Because oh, you can be so see helpful. there's like so much nuance, right? Like, like there's a yeah. lot to like unpack. So if people are listening to this and they're like, I'm confused, it's like, hang in there, the book, the app, and then the experience in your own body, you eventually find your rhythm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I hear that from women all the time. Like they'll message me, clients will message me and be like, well, it's day nine, but I'm craving carbs today. Do I have to wait till day 10? You know, and like, there's just so many like little picky things. Yep. And yeah. The app will be just... Yeah. The personal pocket guru. Right. So what the app will do is you could go on day nine and you could say, I'm hungry, I'm craving carbs. It'll take that into consideration. And then over time, it'll get to know you and tell you which foods and fasts will be best for you based off awesome. your cycle. And then oh, men- the, so the cool. next question is menopausal women are like, well, what do I do? And I'm like, don't worry, we're, we're going to have a, a version for you too. Um, but it's just a little bit straight, more straightforward for you. So you can follow the fasting cycle and you'll do great. Yeah. I mean, the five one one is pretty easy to follow too. Do you have a recommendation for carbs on the feasting day for the five one one? question. Yeah. Uh, between a hundred to 200 net carbs, net carbs. Okay. Now a lot of women say, well, I won't lose weight with that. So I always say, well, then you stay closer to the hundred, but you need at least a hundred net carbs to make progesterone. Okay. So, and make sure your carbs are good. Make sure they come from fruit. Make sure they're sweet potatoes, squashes. Yeah. Right. Not the pizza, pasta carbs. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So breaking a fast, I see this go wrong a lot with CGMs. People are fasting and they're like, I'm so hungry. I'm just going to eat whatever. Yeah. What do you advise for breaking a fast? What kinds of foods, timing? Do you so, believe we should do a bigger meal, smaller meal right away? Yeah. Um, so breaking a fast is a, I'm so happy you asked me this. Um, I put a whole chapter in the book on breaking a fast because it's as important as the fast. So the most common question I get is if I break a fast improperly, will I undo the results of the fast? And the answer is no. But I think a really better way to look at this is you can keep the healing going if you break a fast properly. And I believe there are three things you should break a fast with. The first is I think we should be, most people should be breaking a fast with protein. If you've been in a longer fast, you've been in a state of autophagy, so you've been going 17 hours, you've been in autophagy and the opposite of autophagy is mTOR and the best way to stimulate mTOR is through protein. If you are a perimenopausal woman, you are going to start losing a lot of muscle as you go through the menopause experience. You're going to need to up your protein. Even menopausal women, you know, we we our our um, amino sensors in our muscles become less sensitive as we age, so protein becomes mm. more and more and more important. So, 30 grams of protein is what I like to break a fast with. I think it's the best for building muscle that would typically be my go-to. If you want to elongate the fast, like you're like, well, I'm kind of hungry. I just want to eat something right now so that I can maybe power through till dinner, break it with fat, fat, 
have, you know, a cup of bone broth with some good fat and protein in it, have some avocado with some sauerkraut on it. You know, you can, you can lean into some fat, a more fat rich meal because it'll help you elongate it. And then the the, um, last one is what I call the three P's where you're replenishing your microbiome, polyphenol, probiotic, and prebiotic fits. So that's what, Mm. yeah. What are your favorites in that category? I mean, sauerkraut, you mentioned, I guess that's probably a good one. You know what? There's my three go-tos are half of avocados with sauerkraut and some hemp seeds because hemp seeds are a prebiotic. I would say Mm. I love breaking my fast with that. I also love breaking my fast with grass-fed sausage. I do that a lot. Sometimes I do both of those things. And then I've got a um, protein drink I've been into, adding in some collagen, adding in protein powder that I've been, and aminos, trying to play with a little more of a protein shake. So those are kind of my three go-tos. What's your favorite protein powder? Ah! Can you share? Uh, um, well, I'm not uh, okay. So I'm not brand loyal. So I'll just explain. Um, I like um, Paleo Valley's bone broth, vanilla bro- bone broth protein powder. Perfect aminos. This one is probably my favorite. They have a chocolate amino powder that has collagen and aminos in it and protein. That is my Ooh. absolute favorite. I also like the um the new Newtopia's Collagen Genius chocolate powder is amazing. So good. It's like so a milkshake. Good. It's so like delicious. a milkshake. Yeah. So those are probably the three that I like the best. Okay. Awesome. It. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. Always curious what people are using. So yeah, yeah. And then the I do put in like Organifi's Harmony, which has is got maca in there. Sometimes I'll throw that in there. I've played mm. with, do you do it with water? I'm a raw milk fan. So sometimes I'll throw some raw milk and just some ice in there with all those powders and just play with it. Nice. Yeah. Good ideas. Any considerations with what the glucose is doing after a long fast? And if you are starting with a protein, like if, you're, if someone's seeing a big spike in glucose, is that a, a reason to not you know, do the I, protein or you think it's okay? I, I think when once we've opened up the eating window, the most important thing to look at is if you have, if your glucose spikes, how quickly does it come down? It should come down within anywhere from a half an hour to two hours. It should be at the same level it was before you, you, you eat. If that's not happening, if your glucose is taking longer than two hours to come back down to its pre-meal um, amount, then either the meal you're eating is too, too sugary or has too much glucose in it, or you actually are a little insulin resistant and you need to get stick to more of the keto fits. Mm-hmm. Get a little more lower on the glycemic index fits. Okay. So yeah. for those yeah. insulin resistant people probably would ease back in with more fats. And and can we do even more fasting with these people? Like say someone, their insulin's above 10, their A1C is, you know, pre-diabetic, just oh, yeah, ketogenic. Do, yeah. You could do, no, you could do more, do a longer fasting window. Is that what you asked? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely can do. Like, I actually think the best door into keto is fasting, not the food. Got it. Mm. Like, yeah, that I makes sense. Yeah. We're bet we're better to be in ketosis when we're fasting. And then when we eat, don't worry about if you're in ketosis or not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Makes mm-hmm. sense. I think in general, that's what we should be doing. That's how we yeah. were designed to do. It wasn't like we go back to the cave. It wasn't like the women of the cave were like, oh, you know, you brought, you know, you brought a, you know, too much fruit to me. Like, you know, she didn't think about that. She got into ketosis because of fasting. Right. Right. It's the quickest way to do it. That's funny to think about, right? And it's free. Like I've heard you say, and it's free. 
it is funny to think about that, like our ancestors testing their glucose. Oh no, it's high. Go for a walk or run in place. Or and it's not to like not to like diss the keto foods, but like when we were at KetoCon, there were so many keto foods, and I was like, I don't know, and this is just me. Like, I'm pretty sure our ancestors didn't eat moon cheese, so or have keto cups. (laughs) So what was the purpose of ketosis? Ketosis's purpose is to be able to have this fuel source so we can be energized. And they got that fuel source by not eating, not by, they didn't have moon cheese. So we, I feel like we should have the same thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I was at a keto conference. It wasn't keto con. It was like a smaller keto conference. And I was walking around the exhibit hall and it was all keto pancakes, keto muffins, keto donuts, keto cereal, keto yeah. bread. Yeah. Well, you can make money off of those things. It's harder That's to make right. money off fasting. <laughs> yeah. You know, they charge a lot my, for those. <laughs> that was like my first discovery with autophagy. When I first discovered autophagy, I was like, oh my God, our bodies detox themselves with when the absence of food. This is incredible. Why don't we know this? Why is this not being highlighted? And then I realized, oh, nobody can make money at that. Right. It's yeah. like there's and and they <laughs> did try to find a pill that stimulates autophagy. I still get texts from people that are like, what do you think of spermidine for autophagy? What do you think of, you know, all these, these supplements for autophagy? And I'm like, yeah, they're good, but what about just your own body? Mm -hmm. Like, just, let's just train the body to get into that. Yes. 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 I love that. Yeah. I mean, I love all the fancy supplements, but, and I know Dr. Mina, you're on the mission to help people get healthy without spending a fortune. And yeah. we need more people like you to spread that message. And yeah. you're right. Fasting is something everyone can do. Yeah. And I'm not, right. and it, there's a time and a place for those. And if you love moon cheese and you have some, some great hack that works for you, I'm not telling you to not do it, but uh, like to your point, Renee, my vision is changing women's health. How do we get women healthy? the billions of women on this planet, how do we get them healthy? And the ones in developed countries like America are unhealthy because they're eating all the effing day long. So let's just start there. They're not unhealthy because they can't afford moon cheese. I feel like I'm not, I'm really going <laughs> no, to moon cheese is hilarious. Moon cheese. <laughs> it's, just, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's in whole foods now too. That's why I'm like, Oh, oh God. And that doesn't say much. Ever since the Amazon takeover, it's like, well, you don't know what you're going to find in Whole Foods. That's yeah, it's very true. Sadly, sadly, yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, we could go on forever, and I'm sure our audience has so many more questions. So, luckily, we have your book coming out. You have your book coming out soon. No, no, you guys have it too. It's it's it. it's everybody's book. I it's I really I keep saying that. Um, I look at Fast Like a Girl as a coming out party for women. I feel like it's our time to understand how to eat and fast for a cycle. Let's just find a rhythm there. And then let's open this discussion like we're having right now. And let's talk like the, like, I I can't wait to talk more about like, what do we do with all the biohacks that are emerging? When is it good to sauna? When's it good to cold plunge? What about exercises? Are we supposed to be lifting all the time? Should we be doing um, these extreme races like Spartan races and climbing these high mountains? Should we be doing that all the time? Like, this is what I want to open up the conversation. And I'm hoping Fast Like a Girl is like the catalyst that starts that. So to your point, Lauren, it's everybody's book. It's out there for us all to now discuss. 
so amazing. So amazing. Yeah. We're so grateful for you. Mm, thank so you. thank you for spending your time with us. Before we wrap up today, we'd love to ask for one final piece of advice, something our audience can start doing today to optimize. Well, here's what I'm going to say in light of this discussion. Go Google your cycle. Go. Yes. If you don't know your cycle, you could do this right now. Google a woman's menstrual cycle. And the most important thing to know is when hormones are high, you got to really keep your fast lower. That would be the most, but then there's a whole nother discussion beyond that. I was actually with some, uh, a group of entrepreneurs this weekend. And uh, one of the guys actually was the CEO of Spanx for a while. And he was sharing with us Sarah Blakely's journey and what she did to create Spanx. And he said, you know, she solved a problem for women. And he turned to me and he's like, Mindy, you're, you're solving a problem for women too. And I was like, really? What problem am I solving? I, I wanted to hear from him. And he's like, you're solving the problem that women don't know their hormones. And, I, and then the two women in the back of the car as we were uh, driving, one of them was 55, the other one was 38. And they both chimed in, educated women, successful in their careers. And they both chimed in and they're like, I, I, have no, I, ne I don't know when estrogen comes. I don't know when progesterone comes. Like, I have no idea around my hormones. So mm -hmm. my first like rally cry to women is know your hormones. And you can do that today. You can Google a woman's menstrual cycle. Now we're all on the same page. Let's talk about how these hormones show up in our personalities. Let's talk about how they show up in our eating behaviors. Let's talk about how they show up in our working out. Now let's have the conversation from that place. So powerful. Just from Google. Yes. Thank you, Google. Yep. Dr. Google will help you. Yeah, the I one just want time to share. Dr. Google will help you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just want to share. I was doing ARX yesterday, and I know, like, I'm day 25 of my cycle, so I don't expect to be as strong, but it's so cool to see on ARX because you get those metrics Amazing. that my strength potential was lower than it was two weeks ago. And I was like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Do you know how many doesn't lie? Do you know how many women I've put a CGM on, and they are like, they, they'll like send me a message and they'll be like, oh my God, I'm doing everything the, the same, but my blood sugar is through the roof. And I'll say, okay, what day of your cycle are you on? Day 25. And I'm like, excellent. Your body's doing exactly what it should. You didn't do any, you didn't have, you didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. So yeah. that's awesome. Oh, we so are amazing. super, superheroes for sure. I think it's a really exciting time to be a woman. I think just Agreed. all of the N of one, the new research, it's just your book. It's yeah. really exciting. Yeah. It's so yeah. cool. And yeah. I, th I think the other thing for women to know is it is confusing in the beginning and there's a lot mm -hmm. of nuance to it, but once you find your rhythm, you will, you will see that losing weight's easy, which most women won't tell you that keeping your energy up is easy. Menopause can be easy. These all can happen once you know how to live a life in accordance with your hormones, but we've never been taught how to do it. So now let's, yeah. let's all roll up our sleeves and learn it. Yeah. It's like back to, back to sex ed where we yeah. were taught that we can get pregnant all month long, you right. know, by our male gym teacher, <laughs> I just want to say with a whistle around his neck and some like short, you know, shorty shorts on. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for leading this charge. You're amazing. And thank you so much for spending your time with us today. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, and thanks to everyone that tuned in today. We will see you next time. Love this episode of the Biohacker Babes podcast? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. 
We truly appreciate your support. Until then, happy biohacking. This podcast offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional.